Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. I strongly recommend you get Wednesday night teaching and Wednesday night's teaching and also this Sunday morning at eight o'clock as I dealt with. Please don't allow the devil or yourself to sabotage restoration. Last Sunday, we dealt with the origin of restoration, which is Christ himself. Wednesday night was very powerful. I strongly recommend that you get the word so you can stay aligned with what we're teaching here our church church is a little different than it has been uh, through the history of the church because people are tying in virtually but you still need the warmth of fellowship i want to encourage men to come to the men's ministry and to tune in at nine please do not be casual about that it's important for you to come under the covering of the aim ministry Ephesians chapter 2 is our text, scriptural text, as we launch this message this morning. And the word of the Lord reads like this, verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. I like verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and made us alive according together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can the church say amen? I love this. I love this. This is so Good, And he has made us alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse one, verse one, he's made us alive who were dead. God has always been about restoration. I need to minister to you today from this subject, a love that restores. A love that restores. If you ever talk about love, you have to think about restoration and you have to think about healing because Love always restores. It never drains. It never cuts and just walks away. It always tries to heal and to restore. Thank God for Jesus who loved us enough to not only die for us, but to be raised again from the dead. He is the author and the finisher of faith and the author and the finisher of restoration, the alpha and the omega of restoration father i give you praise glory and honor and thank you for this moment think through my mind and speak through these lips of clay as an oracle for where there is no reveal of truth the people cast off restraint use me for your glory i pray that every heart that hurts today would be healed every mind that is confused would find its regulation how everything disjointed would experience the peace of God. Nothing missing, nothing scattered, and nothing broken. And Father, I give you glory for doing that like only you can. Use me for the next few minutes for your glory. I am an instrument in your hands. I yield. Thank you for that, O oh Lord. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I. I poured out my soul this morning at 8 o'clock. Thank you for your prayers. I feel revived. It's good to see Miss Daisy John. Miss Daisy John came back. Amen. Miss Daisy. She may be the last person that I baptized here in the ministry. She came out of a Lutheran church, I think. Was it Lutheran? 
and uh, joined, and she uh, wanted to be baptized. And uh, she may be close to 90 now. It's so good to see this woman of God in the house of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands for the woman of God. It brought tears to my eyes to see her face. This pandemic, we tried to save our elderly, all of our elderly, especially those who are seniors. And I'm glad that you've been uh, faithful to walk with me. I've had some people younger than you to leave the ministry because they didn't understand what I do. I'm responsible to move people and resources from one spot to the next successfully. While you play games, I'm trying to save lives. You partying. My call is to save lives. And that lady right there, I'm concerned about. And I want all of these ladies that's over 60 years old to know, if you're tied to me, I'm going to watch out for you. Let me do my job. Let me do my job. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. I call all of you golden girls, right? Because the older you get, the more golden you should be. Not sour and sad. <laughs> so let me do my job. There's a lot of ladies never had their sons to love on them. They do what they do. They don't go home. I want you to go home and hug your mama. Because when they're gone, when the matrix leaves, it's nothing like it. That's why you got to take care of them. And mamas, let me do my job. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. Glory to God. Somebody asked me, was I mad? I'm not mad, but I deal with issues. <laughs> Come on. Before we can begin to restore our relationships, with God, we need to understand a few things. That this relationship is broken. To begin with, it was broken. Why that is, is the, is the basic just of my, of my message. Why there's a broken relationship with God and man. It's very clear in Ephesians chapter 2. He made you alive who were dead. Something happened to kill your human spirit because of trespasses and sins all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And whence we walked, and that's why it's dangerous to try to teach people about destiny without conversion. It's dangerous. This is happening all over. You have a destiny. You have a destiny. God has something, but nobody wants to talk about getting that issue fixed. There's some things that you just can't do with God. There's no grace inserted or injected in your life if you've never been converted. You have to be covered and converted. Please listen to last, uh, this morning's message. There's a covering that you need. God needs to cover you. And you need to get in a church that covers you, that takes the oversight. Not playing with you. Nobody's supposed to play with you. Nobody's supposed to play and not hurt your feelings and make sure that the pastor is standing up there saying everything so you don't get your feelings hurt. You go to churches not to be comforted. The church is supposed to make the uncomfortable, the uncomforted comforted. And those who are comfortable is supposed to make you get up. You're coasting too much. I'm supposed to challenge you to do some things differently because if you don't do things different, you'll never see anything different. They say the true definition of insanity is to think you're going to have a different outcome while you do the same thing over and over and over again. My job is to jar that, to shock you back, to bring you back, to give you the word of God, run past me, straight to Jesus, and I'm doing my job. For he had made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And once you walked according to the course of this world, if your life looks the same as it did before you got saved, then you don't, you're not converted. There should be a major difference with the people you hang out with, the language that you speak, your thought process, and how you move, even your heart condition after you came to know who Jesus is. You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Here is Lucifer. His name is Lucifer. But he's also called the prince of the power of the... <clears throat> The music that you, the prince of the power of media. 
Somebody's pumping this stuff in you. And while you're listening and doing what you do, someone is pumping their flavors into you to get your mind off God into his arena. And the more you do that and get into flesh, the more you'll pull back from God. You'll pull back from God so much so, I'll take God later. When you used to say he's the author and the finisher of my faith and I love him with my whole heart. You used to say I will bless him at all times and his praise shall continually be every day I will praise the Lord. My soul will not make its boast in my portfolio but my soul will make its boast in the Lord. I can't brag about Clark because you got a lot of stuff in the past but I can tell you about how big my God is. Come on biggie me with a praise to the Lord. Biggie me. Come on big it up. Yeah. Supersize the praise. You once walked according to the course of the air, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit there now works in the sons is right there of disobedience. In the sons of disobedience, the sons of anarchy, the sons of rebellion. And we're watching a whole generation of young people, even people that are old coons, full of re rebellion. Old coons, full of rebellion. The older you get, the more you should be able to be amenable. If somebody give you truth, why would you resist truth? Why would you get angry with something that's going to help you? Why would you, get a, why would you have a problem with Gatorade when you lack electrolytes? Why would you get mad with Gatorade? I'm trying to help you. Everybody needs a little, little aid, right? Why, why, why would you have a problem with that? Why would you have a problem when someone is telling you you need to put on shoes before you walk into a major accident and you have no shoes on and there's glass all around? Why would you get a problem with me when I'm telling you that? Well, my mama, my mama, that's my mama. But what I'm trying to tell you, put on shoes before you get there. Lest we got to pull two of you out. Take a moment, put your shoes on, man. Why would you get a problem with me? Then you want me to help you when you get hurt, right? If you listen to some instruction, we won't have to pull you out and put you in ICU as well. Maybe we can save both. Why would you have a problem with someone that's given? If repetition is the mother of skill, instruction is the father, the incubator is, is consistency, and we need all three if we're going to be balanced and whole. You need to move yourself from the sons and daughters of disobedience or rebellion and step into the sonship column. The Bible says, among whom we also once walked, conducted our lives. I'm back in Ephesians chapter 2, flow with me. Conducted our, our lives in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy. Say, but God. He's rich in me. You know, God loved us before we realized it. There are people under the sound of my voice. God loved you when you didn't know it. Let's say it this way. He loved you before he loved you or before you found out he did. He was always looking at you, crying over you. He knows what it was that sent you astray. You haven't told anybody, but he knows. He knows what happened to you that you've never spoken. And he was crying over you. When others say they reject you, God still loves you. And I have this burning desire in my heart to see the unloved restored. He's rich in mercy. Like the gold in Fort, Fort Knox, he renews mercy every morning. You will never exhaust the mercy of God. He gave me a promise. Mercy will never leave truth revealed. Neither will grace. I had a lady to join the church named Mercy Cloud. And another lady to join the, the, the church named Grace Murphy. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is not an accident. Grace and mercy will never leave the house. Both of the ladies passed away and I lowered them to the ground. And I cried as it happened. But he said, my grace and mercy will never leave this house. There's a song they put out. Grace and mercy has brought me through. Ooh, Jesus. I wish I could sing. Because I would if I could. 
When you say that's right. You know, when you, uh, when you love people, man, you, you hurt when they hurt, right? There's a love for restoration. You need to know that God can feel you. Jesus walked on this earth because he wanted to feel what it's like to be human. And when he really lives in leaders and in his people, his spirit, you don't just walk past people and not speak. That's not God. That's not God. That's not God. There's something in you. you I don't care how fine you are. You take, take a moment and say hello to somebody. What makes you gorgeous? You may be fine, but what makes you gorgeous is when you take a moment and speak to children. Not when you just step. What, you want everybody to look at you? Oh, right. Everybody's looking at you. But if you want to go to another dimension and be gorgeous, how about taking time to speak to a few people? If you really believe that you're an, you're, you're, you're an atlas as a man, then take a moment and greet some people and start relating to folk and God will bless you. Because when you humble yourself, you're then released to the masses of God's people. He resists the proud, but he gives grace. Come on, to the humble. Glory to God. I've seen people with great power, great authority, $2 billion company. Sit right there on the front row and lift up their hands. Two billion dollar company. Never flaunt the money at all. And then people got a little cash. Walking around can't lift up holy hands to the Lord. You never draw attention to yourself. That's not what we do in the house. We always point our attention to him. When you worship, never ever become robust in your ability to sing. Always point the people to Jesus. When you preach, don't preach so good that they look at you. I want you to look past me at the man that sent me. And if you ever get with him, you'll recognize and respond to me. Because he's the one that sent me. He's the one that pushed me out. He's the one that put his word in me. He's the one that's giving me unction. And he loves you. I love you too, but he loves you most. He really loves you. He wakes me up at night. And say, pray for this one. Or he gives me a word for you. I don't even know you. But he loves you. Can't you just receive it? You're so hurt, you don't know how to receive love. Somebody try to hug you, you always push it back, try to take a picture. Don't take a picture of me, I need to lose weight. Get, sit down. <laughs> sit. <laughs> this is going to hurt. We have to define transgression and depravity. It has a major extent. You once walked according to the course of this world. If people, before we can be restored, we have to understand that the relationship between us and God has been broken because we can become, begin to restore our relationship with God. We need to understand that the relationship is broken to begin with, and that's why we need restoration. If you say, well, I don't need to be restored, you don't understand that the relationship with God has suffered. The relationship is broken, not because of anything God has done, but because of the fall in Genesis 3 and the nature and the death that reigns from Adam to Moses. Please read Romans chapter 5 this week, the entire book. Because of Adam's fall, death, the scripture says, reigned like a king. Death was deputized to reign from Adam to Moses, even to, even to those who never did what Adam did. Death was released into the world. And that's why man at one time was living nine, almost a thousand years. You see it recovered, recorded in the Bible. Now he's only promised three score and ten. If you're around 70, you ought to give him praise because anything over that is not a, is not a promise. It's grace.
He promises 70. Amen. And if you're ever extended beyond that, we have to give him glory. Our society has turned away from God, God's standards, and created our own path. I read a passage of scripture out of the book of Job. They resist the light. Therefore, they don't know the ways of the path in which he set. They rebel against light. This is our society today. And sin is the key concept, the key concept of Christianity, but it's also the negative word that nobody wants to talk about, that sin condition. We prefer to be positive when we teach and we to think positive, that people are basically good and God is going to use you, but never really dealing with the issue that separates us from God. This sin thing has a hold on everybody. Not just the unsaved, but the saved, because we get ahead of ourselves. We need to understand what the scripture says. Here is a chief apostle reading or writing the book of Romans in chapter 7 of Romans. Chapter 7, verse 7, sin's advantage in the law, he talks about. That sin, even in righteousness, gains the advantage. You'll read in verse 7, it says, this is... Romans chapter 7, verse 7, the double seven. What shall we then say? Work with me. What shall we then say? Is the law sin? Certainly not. So the law is not sin. But notice what he says. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through what? The law. So the law helped me to understand what's right and wrong. So the law is not sin. It helped me to understand. But look at what he says. For I would not have known coviousness to look at somebody else's goods and want them unless the law has said you should not covet. So because you can't say the law is wrong because the law revealed the sin that was in me. Notice verse 8. But sin, notice, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment. In other words, if you don't have a savior, this is what happens. You come to church and I start preaching on sin, right? If you don't have a savior to rescue from this, what you do is, I don't want that, that sin automatically starts working in your flesh to push away from light. You don't understand the total work of God and restoration. You got to learn how to take it and you can make it type mentality. You can't just back away from everything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Believe me, I preach the word even if it points at me. Whatever he takes me to, that's what I have to preach. And you got to learn how to look at it. Go ahead and look at it. Look at it. You don't even look at it long enough to see what it says. Let's go again. Verse 8. But sin taken opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desires. So in, when God said don't do something, sin and just awakens desires. Look at the word. For apart from the law, sin was dead. In other words, if there was no law, you would know that you have sin inside of you. If it wasn't for the preaching of the gospel, you would know if you were astray. You wouldn't have no clue because it's only awakened when the law is revealed. Verse 9, I was alive once without the law. But when the commandments came, sin revived, and I found myself dead. But the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, notice he's, this is the law of sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by, and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just as good. Glory to God. So Paul is a senior leader and he's educating the church at Rome about the law of sin. Don't run yet. I'm going somewhere. Look at verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Now people are packing churches because they won't read this. And a lot of people are sitting in ministries that never read this at all. And the preachers talking about they, they don't want you to make it, but you're going to make it. People don't even hear conversion. Conversion. 
They don't hear conversion no more. They don't hear the name of Jesus anymore. It's all about self-helping. How you can make it, but you never have to do anything different. We cannot make that mistake uh, truth revealed. We must look at the whole counsel of God. Don't become comfortable with your unsubmitted self. You have to say, I need to get on up. Get on the scene and let God do some things in my life. Y'all still here? Let the demons go and you stay. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Let me go back to verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh. Who's preaching that? Nothing good dwells. If you're just looking at self-confidence and self-grandizement and what you're able to accomplish because people are complimenting you and you don't see that in you there is nothing. You know why? Because there's a law in you called sin and only the law of God can identify it. And even then it will fight against the law of God and you need a savior to rescue out of this, this, this pit. Notice what the word is saying. For the good that I would do, I do not do. But I do evil. I will not do. I will not do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not do. It is no longer I. But it's the sin. How many of you say I'm going to do better. And next thing you know. You're back doing the same old thing. He said it's the law of sin working in you. Notice what he says now in verse 22. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. In other words I really want to do right. But I see another law working in my members, working in this, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Look at verse 24. He cries out now to God. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body? Of death is right there in the text. You haven't read it before. Only the famous scriptures. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, the only one that can break the law is not the law alone. Law is righteous. It's only designed to cause sin to be identified in you. But you still need someone to rescue you. And that's the one who loves you. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you straining like that. He wants to rescue you. I told you it was going to hurt, but now let me help you. God wants to restore you and heal you. In the next chapter, he starts a restoration process. So we're switching from this, this war that's going on with sin and members and the Savior who rescues us out. And he opens up the chapter in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> Listen to them which are in Christ. In other words, I know your struggles and I know your pains and I know what you suffered. They don't know. They, could, they don't have a clue. They wouldn't know what it's like to walk through this body, this member that fights law and try to do what's right, but constantly struggles with doing what's right according to the mind, hallelujah, that's tied to Jesus, but the members is tied to this law of sin. But thanks be to God who rescued me from this battle that's going on in my mind. And he opens up the chapter by saying there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in it doesn't mean you're flawless but what you do is realize I can't do this on my own and I need somebody to rescue me oh God I need you to cover me so I'm going to sit my behind down and let God cover me you can't do this on your own. You'll be fighting in religion. Moving from one church to the next because you made mistakes. You've got to get your head together and sit down and let God cover you. And from the inside out, he'll work things out. Can somebody say amen? So in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, I was in Africa. And I preached this 
when I preached it, the African received it. I pray that America received the same word. Why would Africa receive this and bounce in the stadium and people hear yawning and waiting on the next game and won't even get the word in your heart? But I'm here to tell you God has something special for you. Look at verse 31. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, I want you to shout and say, Who? Y'all not with it yet. I said, if God is for us, let me get in the preacher voice. If God is for us, that's right. You both say, who? Glory to God. Let me do it again. Go up now, modulate. If God is for us, that's right. You both say, who? I need you to put some emphasis. Who? Right. If God is for us, that's right. Who can be against us? Clap your hands. Nobody can be against you and win if God is for you. He knows the struggle that you have inside. He understands what you're going through. He knows what you can't talk about. He knows what happened in the dark rooms. But God is for you. Who can be against you? Oh, glory to God. This is a love that's tied to your rescue. If God is for us, who can be against us? Notice how much he loves you. The scripture says it's right there. He who didn't spare. He didn't spare his own son. This is his only begotten. And I will pour upon the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they've pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. Ah, glory to God. Zechariah never saw Jesus, but he was hoisted in a prophetic vision. And he heard God in three persons say, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Glory to God. And then they will look at me whom they pierced. Now it's Jesus talking. And then they will mourn for him as one mourns for his son. The father is talking. Glory to God. And here again, Paul is hoisted and he says, if he didn't spare his own son for you, he gave up Jesus, the best of himself. Ooh, Jesus. Only Jesus could rescue us. And he gave him up for us. He delivered him up for all of you. And if he did that, went to those kind of measures. How shall he not with Jesus also freely give you all things? Let me prophesy. There's an all things blessing coming to your front door. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is about to turn some things around in your mind, in your heart, in your family, in your spirit. God is about to turn it around. Late in the midnight hour. God is turning it around and he's going to work in your faith. Woo, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? In other words, you did it. And you did it twice. But because I love you, I stand between your offense. Glory to God. Come on, woman. Who is this woman caught in the act? The Pharisees throw her before Jesus with stones about the killer and, and crush her, 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 her head. But guess what the Bible said? Jesus started writing on the ground. Maybe he wrote about what they did and all the stuff that they went through. He wrote on the ground, looked up at him and said, you, without any sin, then be the first to crush her head. The Bible said they dropped their stones and walked away. You know why? Because all have sinned and fallen short. But you want to get with the one who rescues you. You want to get with the one who can restore you. You want to get with the one who God delivered up for you. You want to get with the one who say they will look upon me whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for him. 
as one mourns for his stone, his stone. Guess what? The only person that had no sin was Jesus himself. And he said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stone you. Come on, stand up on your feet and walk with me now. I offer you relationship. Glory to God. Not religion, not a church, not three fast and two slow. Not three points in a poem, a relationship. And that's what you've been missing all your life. Partners, but not a relationship. God said, I'm going to fix it. Do you not know that God can bust a move in your life to change your whole life? Make you throw your hair? Ah, whoo! say you're not worth anything anymore but God can turn things around for you make you throw your ah woo make you throw your own hair y'all better get out of grief and sorrow and let God work some stuff out because God is about to bust the moon totally restore you to hope kiss your past goodbye you need to kiss your past goodbye. Yes, just kiss and say goodbye and keep moving. Let God give you the gift of goodbye to your past so God can do something special in your life. Whoever hurt you, you need to send them a check and tell them thank you. Because God is going to make me smile. And if I was still tied to your sorry behind, I wouldn't see what God was about to do. Man, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Let's just kiss and say goodbye. If your heart isn't in it, why don't you tell me so? If my heart wasn't in it, I would have gone long ago. Y'all want me to get about five more? You know they're in the repertoire, right? You're more tied to computer love than you are to me. I can preach it, man. Y'all, y'all get I can preach it. <laughs> you like Roger Troutman. You better get with me. Notice the word, who is he who condemns? Who condemns? Nobody's condemning you. There's no condemnation. Grab the hand of the man who didn't stone you. He's the only one that should have. And he says, I'm not going to do it. It is Christ who died for you. Furthermore, he's also risen. Who is even at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for you. He's praying for you. And I can hear him praying. Barakim. I believe the Lord is speaking to me. I don't think we've ever discovered the depth of his love. He's not like man. He loves us beyond us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? It's right there. Can you see it? Whew. Who, verse 35, shall separate us? From the love of Christ. We've heard people preach this. That what are you going to allow to separate you. From his love. That's not what it says. It says who. Shall separate you. From his love. In other words. It's his love extended to you. It's not your love. Extended to him. Who can separate you from his love. Look at the word here. This is going to blow your mind when you start understanding it. Glory to God. Even religion doesn't understand it. Glory to God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall your tribulation, what you went through in the past, shall your distress, you are not alone. Shall your persecution, the way they hurt you, went after your soul. What about your famine? You don't have enough money to pay your bills and you're hurt. 
it. And you don't want to tell nobody about it. What about your nakedness? They know what you did. It's been exposed. What about your peril? You were lost at sea and no one knew it. Or your sword. In other words, somebody threatened your life. Good God from Zion. But 36, look at the word as it is written. For your sakes we were killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Look at verse 37. Yet in all these things. I want to say it again. In all these things. We are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Then verse 38. Paul said now I'm going to take you to a courtroom. I want you to understand you're in a courtroom now. Because I am persuaded. I've looked at both sides of this deal and I've, I've known, I've, I've come to understand that the defense attorney uh, is greater than the prosecutor. The prosecutor laid up all of this stuff but the defense attorney said look at this, I know you got all of the evidence but I tell you what I'll do I'm going to take their place I'm going to myself sit in the place of guilty and I want you to give me the wrath that you have but let them go free. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor demons nor devils nor addiction things present or things to come. Things that are high or low nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Y'all need to kick religion to the curb. Because God said, I don't care what you did, I still love you. I know you did something bad, but I still love you. You hurt me to my heart, but I still love you. You left me for a long time. You haven't prayed in a year, and I still miss you. You don't even think about me and I still come for you. Because I still love you. You know better than that. But I still love you. You made your worst mistake. But I still love you. Come unto me. All you that labor the heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. You've been carrying that man's yoke. Take my yoke and put it on you. For I'm weak and lonely. I won't treat you that way. I won't drag you around. I'll set you free. I'll set you free from your past. And I'm going to give you rest in your mind. And I come against the spirit of insomnia. You don't have to drink anymore to go to sleep. God says I'm going to give you the freedom that you need in your mind. Oh, God, help me, Lord. God wants somebody in this room, somebody listening to me to be set free. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands for freedom. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Glory to God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1 verse 14. And we beheld his glory. But in the beginning was the word. Genesis 1 and 2. The earth was, was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then God said, the spirit of God was hovering over the water. And then God said, let there be light. The word let there be light and there was light. In Genesis 1 and in John 1, you see the creation and the reconstruction of the world. Glory to God. In the beginning was the word. Get that in your soul. Well, the one who loved you was in the beginning. The one who loved you was in the beginning. 
Yet there's a chaotic earth. Verse 2, the earth is without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Then God said, let there be light. In the beginning was the word that loved you forever. He was there in the beginning. And then he became flesh. Verse 14, and he became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father. What are you trying to say? Mother Earth was screaming for Savior. Something happened to mother. Something happened to mother to where God had to speak a word to say, let there be light. Because whatever God creates, he creates perfectly. But we see in Genesis 1, he created the world. But then in verse 2, it's without form. Which means something happened to mother. That twisted her. Something happened to mother that twisted her and bent her. You don't see it in the text, but it's there. I can see it clearly. And as the spirit of God moved over it, it's the love of God. to say, I'm going to fix you, mother. Waiting on the word to come forth. And the word came forth. Let there be light. And then there was light and the reconstruction of her took place. This is a moment for somebody on the sound of my voice. Mother. Who's twisted. God says, I know the bent side, and I'm here to fix it. Ooh, Jesus. Our mother was corrupted. It is human nature. If human nature is so corrupt, uh, then how can any of us be restored back to hell? I believe mother is groaning, saying, I want to be saved too. That's what's happening in the earth today. I want to be saved. The Bible says in Romans 8, same chapter, that the earth groans. That she's groaning. All of the hurricanes and, and all of the, the earthquakes and the fires that's taking place. She's groaning. She's saying, I know there's a savior because I see his people. And he opens me up to make sure provision is there for them. He causes coins to come out of me to go to their bank accounts. He, he allows them to have a path. Even though hurricanes come, I don't allow their house to be blown down. She can tell redemption. Is in the earth, but she's saying to God, What about me? Just like mothers are under the sound of my voice, giving birth to everybody, making sure everybody's got what they need. But who is protecting mother? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I believe God told me He can hear your groan, mother. He can hear the groan that's on the inside of you, and He loves you. He heard the cry of mother by reason of your taskmaster, and he's come down to deliver you. Even Eve was used by God to pull out a family. And God is using women today to pull out the next move. That's why the devil wants you silenced. But I hear God saying, I can see your bent side and your groan, but I'm gonna straighten, I'm gonna straighten you out. Uh, you're bent over, but I'm gonna I'm gonna straighten you out through my love. They took advantage of you, but I love you enough to put you back together. Woo, Jesus, help me go. And that's what God is doing now is 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 taking care of the bent side and the groaning of mother so he can fix the entire world as it goes with the matrix. So does it go with the earth. When God judges a society, he doesn't look at the man to judge the society. He see how bit and warped the woman is. It is his acid test for, for, for him to say how bit it is. When a woman loses her glory, he says the society is gone. Ooh, Jesus. When she don't care about her hair anymore and she don't care uh, how she looks when she just steps out and she don't care who cusses her out Ooh, Jesus. and she'll take anything just to find a little love God says something's wrong with the society 
I need to finish this, but God is going to straighten some things out, mother. Mother God is going to straighten some things out. Not only mothers who are here and women who are here, but also Mother Earth. Hallelujah. Redemption is coming to you as well. The king is not going to leave you alone. He's going to purify you with fire and start over again. Ooh, Jesus. So we need to accept the good news of the cross. Jesus came to set the captives free. Activate your faith and avoid faithless reason. I'm closing with this. Activate your faith and avoid faithless reason. There is no contradiction between reason and faith. They can work together. It is when reason tells you you don't need faith that you need to push away from reason. Faith will accompany reason. It will make sense sometimes. But when your reason becomes the dominant one, Say, I don't need faith at all because I have reason. You stepped into a danger zone. All of us need Jesus. Can the church say amen? I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much you've accomplished in life. You're going to come to the realization every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Put your hands together and give him the glory. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody's getting delivered. As I get ready to step into another zone, the Lord has afforded our church to do some great things. But I want to give anyone an opportunity who's not saved to give their heart to Jesus. And if you're unsaved and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want you to take a moment and think about that. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Review.